everybody. This is uh, Mike Dunnigan from Gilmore Global. And uh, today is the first in a series of podcasts that we're putting together um, to essentially use as a, a way to talk to various industry experts, understand how everyone's new, uh, navigating through the current business environment. Uh, things in the world are a little bit crazy right now. So what we're doing is we're reaching out to uh, industries that we, are, we work with as an organization, folks that we knew who, know who are thought leaders, who um, really have a good sense of the pulse of the various industries we're working in. And the whole goal with this program is to talk about shared experiences, uh, best practices. Really, it's a lot. It's a thought leadership program. And, and my goal in putting this together is to have folks who uh, take time to listen. Thank you for listening, by the way. Uh, folks to come away with one or two nuggets uh, of information that um, may help with your own business environments and maybe just basically help uh, navigate the current situation a lot of us are sitting in right now. And, and really, if, if, all, if all we get out of this is to learn a little bit about an industry that we previously weren't knowledgeable about, that's also good because knowledge is power. Today, uh, I'm going to talk about an in industry segment that many folks don't know about unless you actually work in the segment. But it's a segment and it's an industry that supports um, stuff that touches us every day. And basically, we couldn't live without, without this industry. We couldn't live safely without this industry is probably a better way to put it. Um, and this is the standards industry. So organizations that work in the standards industry are called standards development organizations. And these are the folks, the organizations that do things like ensure the uh, testing of uh, fire protection equipment, uh, anything that's got electrical current in it, that it meets a standard that, that has been certified to be safe and, and reliable. Um, you know, I think of my kids with hockey helmets, uh, football helmets, anything that's to do with safety, consistent manufacturing, proper practices, the standards development organizations range from aerospace to electronics to agriculture to any multiple types of manufacturing. Incredibly important, touch us every day, but many people don't know about them or definitely don't talk about them. And uh, there is an organization uh, that supports SDOs, standard development, uh, for standard development professionals and standard development organizations. And uh, they're called SES, which is the Society for Standards Professionals. Uh, and I'm happy to introduce, I wrote, I read that down because I always struggle with the title. Mike's going to explain it to me in a bit here because it's the Sta Society for Standard Professionals, but the name is SES. I'm sure Mike will get in on it in a minute, but I'm in a minute, I'm happy to introduce Mike Morale, the Executive Director of SES. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. Good stuff. We were just both talking about it's a good day to do a podcast because we're, we're both sitting, it's pouring rain and cold out, so it's a good day to hunker down inside with another cup of coffee and uh, and have a conversation, do a little thought uh, sharing. Before we get into this, Mike, could you possibly, or could you give us, uh, the folks listening, a sense of uh, what SES is all about? SES was founded back in 1947 as uh, the Standards Engineers Society. And uh, it's a nonprofit uh, for professionals uh, in standardization. Uh, later, we were incorporated as a nonprofit 501c6 um, in New Jersey in 1956. So we've been around a while, um, gone through various name changes, as you mentioned. And um, right now, we're doing business as SES, the Society for Standards Professionals. We did, we did a little bit of a name change there because our membership uh, over the last 10 to 15 years, 20 years, has uh, been changing. Um, originally, when it was founded back in the 40s, a lot of engineers had a specific role in a company to do standards work. 
Um, that's changed somewhat over the years. They still have those people, but uh, a lot of the people that have joined us are from the standards developing organizations. And their role is quite different. They work in their organizations to uh, help develop standards for industry and international uh, adoption. So uh, our name change kind of had to fit our membership. Um, we're the only organization that offers a certification program in North America. So that's uh, kind of unique mm -hmm. to us. Uh, our role is to uh, provide a neutral forum where standards engineer or standards users and developers can come together and address multiple, you know, mutual issues, opportunities, and interests to help benefit everyone. We represent the uh, United States and Canada, and we also have a seat on the International Federation of Standards Users that's uh, located in uh, Europe. And we're also a member of uh, the American National Standards Institute. We have uh, roughly 650 members. We offer education monthly with webinars. We're doing a, an online course right now that we used to do in person, but because of the pandemic, we're doing that virtually. We just came off of our annual conference doing that virtually as well. Everybody, though, enjoys connecting in person, so we're going to try to have an in-person conference down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. I'll be there. I better be. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I, Mike, I attended your virtual conference last month. Uh, I thought it was highly educational. It went really well. I got to I have to give you major kudos because the ability to, to basically pivot the way that SES did. It's an event where like-minded professionals from bizarrely different organizations, really. They're SDOs, but they could they go from talking about, you know, managing and, and, and developing standards around irrigation systems. This is the next person talking about airplane uh, manufacturing. A little bit of a difference, but they all have the same goal in mind, and that's about the safety for citizens and consistent products and uh, meeting standards. Because without them, it's anarchy. First of all, anyone that in the future that is considering learning more or getting into the, uh, the standards market, I highly recommend that you go to an SES event. I was joking with Mike offline that my wife actually wasn't that unhappy that I that I went because she's trying to get me to cut down on my carbs and they uh, they feed you extremely well. <laughs> so we have, uh, the last uh, last year's was in Montreal, if I remember, Mike. That's yeah, right. In Montreal, and I've been to one, uh, early ones, and that was uh, you know a great city and a great event. So I learned a lot and. Uh, I look forward to seeing all the folks from the, your uh, your membership in, uh, next year. I mentioned about the about the title for your organization. I thought that was interesting because it kind of pays homage to your past, and also it shows how you're evolving uh, as you move forward into the future with uh, how SDOs have become more relevant and have more touch points. And it's not just a bunch of engineers hidden in a room doing their great math. It's really expanded well, you know, miles and miles beyond that. So I thought that was uh, a little neat about the title. One of the questions I had, I'm just looking at some of the notes I put down here because as far as, the, the, you mentioned the pandemic. Uh, I mean, it's the elephant in the corner, right? It's affecting all, that's why I'm sitting at home. I actually put a shirt on for everyone today. I ironed a shirt and put a jacket on, which hasn't happened in a while. I am, uh, I'm not telling you if I'm wearing shorts or pajamas, but I do look from the upper upper level professional <laughs> today, right? The world we live in right now. But how is, how would you think the pandemic is affecting, affecting SDOs in terms of uh, development cycles and their education programs? How, how do you think that's affecting that? 
Well, um, like you say, they're pivoting too. Um, as I um, see their newsletters and communications, everything has uh, been converted to virtual meetings mm -hmm. and virtual conferences. You think of uh, some of the biggest shows there are, the Consumer Electronics Show out in Las Vegas. Yeah. Had to pivot to a virtual uh, conference and you know, a lot of those are happening and uh, they're doing the best they can with this. And I think a lot of them are doing very well, but like you say, it's a pandemic and uh, we have to make the best of it. So that's uh, kind of our, our only avenue to get, you know, in touch with our users and members is to do it virtually. I, th I thought the energy like at the virtual event was, was good though, in terms of you know, what you have to do to reach folks. And I think that's hopefully that you're talking about professionals who have a passion for the industry that they support and work in. So I think it's a, it's key to have folks with that mindset do that because that's a can do type mentality. And it's like, you know, the th things are a little upside down in the world right now, but it seems like they're just getting it done because it can't stop. SDOs can't stop just hiding the corner because the work to do is right. far, far too important because yeah. we're as, I mean, certain parts of our segment are getting even busier as folks are, are working remotely. I mean, there's lots of different technology and things that are, you know, I'm not just talking about the ration people buying toilet paper. Um, I mean, there's lots of product that's being consumed at a higher level right now. And uh, SDOs just provide great touch points all the way around. One of the things you just mentioned about, um, you tweaked my, my thought, Mike. Um, when I attended your event, now you're going to check, check my, my pronunciation. Wolva was the, the app we used, right? Hoover. Yeah, Hoover. it's pronounced Hoover. Hoover. See, I get it wrong every time. It's good. It, by the way, it works fantastic. It did a good job. But one of the things uh, that was great for, for myself is I got I connected with uh, well over 100 different individuals at various SDOs on a global basis, and mostly throughout the, the, the USA. And um, I've had a lot of meaningful conversations since the event. And one of the things that um, sort of came up is that the evolution of the folks that are consuming SDO content. Uh, in particular, like there's, the conversation has been around millennials, right? So they're presenting a growing, uh, a growing percentage of folks that are entering into the workplace and just coming out of college. And one of the things that we've been talking about is how those millennials, those new uh, folks that are entering into the market, want to consume SDO content versus the traditional model of the, the classic, you know, quintessential engineer, if you will. Um, how, you know, that that's... I guess that's tying into your your comment, but you, do you see anything further in that regard as far as evolving how, in your conversations with SDOs, how they're changing the way that they're they're um, driving content out? Because I should also point to folks, it's not just about education, SDOs publish standards which get consumed at trade schools, universities, colleges, and things of that nature. And also large engineering firms consume that content because uh, they need it to be compliant. So have you seen any What's, what's the what's the chatter in that market, Mike? Yeah, there are several out there that are uh, breaking these standards apart and trying to modulizing them um, so that the user gets bang for the buck, so to speak. Are resellers that are taking the standards and they're uh, taking that content and breaking it down, making it more uh, palatable by. Uh, being able to zero in on just certain aspects of the document so that guy designing an airplane doesn't have to read 50 pages of yeah. some safety thing to get to what he wants, maybe just in a paragraph or two. They're starting to 
to look at that. The uh, developing organizations, as they're developing the standards, they're looking at all kinds of new technologies to try to put the standard into a format that is usable for mm-hmm. that kind of purpose. So One of the things we are seeing in our market, because we work with some SDOs, we also work with some of the most recognizable IT and, and uh, manufacturing companies or technology and manufacturing companies in North America is uh, phones. So, you know, millennials want to have, and a lot of folks now, they want to have instant access to information. So it's a question of how do you go from, you know, a 700 page standard and provide highly secure intellectual property protected access to content on their phone. Right. And, and I mean, I was thinking, I had a conversation with one of your members recently and it was around, it actually took a sort of a real left-hand turn talking about first aid content and um, some of the, um, some various elements about uh, doing triage because we're talking about kids in sports and we're saying one thing to take a course somewhere that teach you how to put, how to bandage someone up, but the odds of you having that manual with you when you're at the, the football field or the soccer pitch or the hockey rink and, and trying to help you and help out, you're not going to have it. So if you want access to that information, you can have it on your phone. It's kind yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. And they also do that for, uh, electrical codes and plumbing codes so that inspectors and others can have that code very handy and in their pocket so that uh, when an issue or problem comes up, they can call it up quite, quite easily. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, you got to do, you got to do a supporting your membership, right? And, yeah. and, uh, and make the market evolve with what's going on in the world. So I want to, I have a couple of questions here that I wrote down for you, Mike. I like putting you on the spot. I like you doing all the work and me just talking away because that's kind of what I do for a living. I wrote down, we all wish we could read the future, especially now, but if you can look ahead three and five years, what are the top changes, two or three changes that you'd see in the SDO world? I think they're going to expand their uh, scope of work quite a bit into other areas, uh, new technologies that come up that uh, have to have some standards for connectivity and interoperability between them. The phone's a good example. Uh, When the phones first came out, I think there were a lot of issues with uh, the different brands talking to each other. So the standards uh, groups got involved and developed standards uh, like Bluetooth. There's no reason that each company that builds a phone has its own Bluetooth interface. They should be able to any Bluetooth device should be able to work with any phone. And so they developed that. They developed uh, a lot of standards around the internet and browser uh, technology so that you could, uh, you know, surf the net on any phone and it would look the same and feel the same and everything. So I think as time goes on, there's just going to be more and more of that where um, these new technologies present, you know, great possibilities in terms of uh, productivity uh, for working, but they also have their uh, issues with uh, being able to communicate readily with uh, the world. That is an absolutely slam dunk perfect example. I think everybody can relate to that. I'm giving you seven seven bonus points on a goal. Best answer so far. Woo, Mike, good job. Um, we got to have some fun, right? As we sit here in our bunkers. All right, you ready for the toughest question I wrote down? I'm really putting you on the spot here. You're going to have to take the rest of the day off after answering this one. So it's important, though, because I understand the the delicate model of the the standard development organizations. You know, they sell content, but they're also funded, and they need 
they need to be properly uh, positioned for the important work they do in development and research. And not just, you know, it's one thing for them to publish an electric code and sell those codes to trade schools, but that's a small little model of, of the overall picture of what they do. So um, I said, do, you, do you think that things like strengthening the collective brands outside of their traditional SDO market would drive benefits? Like my initial thoughts are around um, increased public funding, increased educational revenue, improved employee re recruitment programs, because we want to see some of the smartest, best and brightest graduates ideally moving into this market. I'm, I'm putting on my SDO hat here. So that's my question. Do you think that some of these activities are really would, are something you see coming down the pipe in terms of uh, continuing to grow and expand the SDO market, as opposed to my opening statement talking about how really it does have some, it's in some cases a bit of a bubble that some folks that, that aren't exposed to it by default don't know about it. Is there, is there something there you think that uh, is going to happen in this market to expand it outside of its, of its own natural virtual walls, if you will? I think uh, every uh, standards developing organization is doing their own um, assessment and market um, of the market and trying to get the word out uh, beyond their walls that uh, you know, this is their place to do these kind of things. They're helping, you know, with public safety and public health, seeing a lot of things around the pandemic and other things that standards organizations are doing in terms of writing standards for PPE and um, some yeah. of these other things that have come up. And I think they'll continue to do that. And they'll also try to put their name in front of the general public as they buy product. If you look at some of the labeling on sports equipment and other things, you might see a designation like uh, conforms to ASTM D123 or, mm -hmm. or some other designation. And they're just trying to convince the public that this product that they're buying is safe because it's been built to this standard and this standard has been agreed to by the industry, government agencies and various other entities that uh, monitor the public health and safety. And uh, so, you know, they, they are trying to do that. I think that's come out in the last, uh, oh, I'd say 10 or 15 years and it'll continue, you know, on and get stronger and stronger as uh, they continue to get into these new areas. I, I actually was, uh, uh, we bought some lights to put on our back deck in our yard. And um, of course, there's a little label on there, the underwriter, Underwriters Laboratory uh, certain standard. I can't remember the UL standard. I can't remember the number. I apologize. <laughs> the number. Yeah. But, but it's the point. Would you want to, would you want just anyone, any manufacturing company anywhere in the world to have the, to have the right to just make a, a set of uh, decorator lights for your backyard and you can hang them up and next thing you know, they catch on fire because they weren't built to a standard. Yeah, a lot of our products are coming into this country built in uh, um, a lot of other parts of the world. And uh, some of those get certified uh, through, like you say, UL and get a stamp and, and some sneak in and don't. So, um, you know, you just have to kind of look for that yourself and put your trust in the organizations. Yeah. Yeah, good point. One late last comment on uh, my experience with working with SDOs, which is neat, is I've, I've visited some of their facilities, and um, we shouldn't we should make it clear this market's just not a bunch again engineers hidden in a room writing code writing about how things should be made and done. They have massive testing facilities. So we you mentioned right. about like a, 
a hockey helmet or football helmet. You can think of one of those machines pounding away for hours on it. Like on yeah, this helmet. Yeah. that's what they do. They're the ones that do, they've got all those labs. They do all the testing. So if you're a manufacturer and you want to make something, uh, they will actually also do the testing to make sure that your product complies to a standard. It's important. note, just another level of importance to the SDO. So great market to work in. And, and I think they're lucky to have SES there to uh, act like a collective voice and bring them together and do thought leadership information sharing and all the important work you do, Mike. So I think that's great. Uh, and I can't wait to see you again in person, which would be great. And yeah. uh, I just want to wish you the uh, best of the rest of the year. Stay safe. Thanks to everybody for watching. And um, maybe I'll iron a shirt again next week because it felt pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Good talking to you, Mike. Take care.